Jessica Simpson flipped a mediocre music career into a billion-dollar fashion empire, and she got knocked down every step of the way. This is a wild story of success, epic failure, and pure stamina from a badass entrepreneur, Jessica Simpson. And you know what? One of the cool things, guys, is that her entrepreneurial journey actually mirrors a big part of my entrepreneurial journey, and I'm going to share that with you towards the end of this episode. Before we get to it, though, I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask every time. If you're getting value out of my content, show some love for your buddy JD. Share this with a friend. Like it. Subscribe if you're listening on the podcast feeds. Smash subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Share with everyone you know, and let's get to the episode. You're listening to Making It with John Davids. All right, so let's rewind to 1997. That's the year that Jessica Simpson, an aspiring singer, was shooting her shot at stardom. She lands a record deal and makes an album, and she sells 2 million copies of that first album. She's a bonafide pop star for just a minute because album two flops, and her career hits a dead end. She's got very tough competition, though, guys. You got to remember, back in the day, this is the late 90s, early 2000s, Jessica was everyone's third favorite pop star. Right behind Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, there was Jessica Simpson. And it was very, very hard for her to break through out of that C-list stardom. But that all changed in 2003. That was the year that I say reality hit. So Jessica goes from pop princess to reality queen when her show Newlyweds premieres. It's the MTV version of a daily vlog. So cameras are following her around alongside her then-husband, Nick Lachey. People love the show. Newlyweds is a cultural phenomenon. We watch Jessica decorating her house, going camping, and of course, eating tuna. It's tuna, not chicken. You guys who watch Newlyweds will know what I'm talking about. It's just enough for fans to fall in love with Jessica Simpson in a whole new light, not competing with Britney and Christina, but as a reality star in her own right, who they know and who they love. Unfortunately, that love on screen is dying. Nick and Jessica split and the show ends after 40 episodes. And then Jessica's career is done. Now, I'm kidding. Here comes the best part. So in 2005, Jessica partners with footwear legend Vince Camuto to launch her own line of shoes. She sells out really, really fast. The shoes are a hit. And then her brand, Jessica Simpson Collection, expands to clothing, fragrances, luggage, and a lot more. And by 2014, sales at Jessica Simpson Collection hit a billion dollars. A billy. Things are looking really bright. There's just one teeny tiny problem. Jessica only owns a small slice of this business. The majority, which was owned by Vince Camuto before he passed away, I think he passed away 2015-ish, Jessica Simpson was bought out by Sequential Brands, which was a company, same company that bought out Martha Stewart, same company that bought out Justin Timberlake's company. They had a whole bunch of brands. Full disclosure, Sequential Brands was a client of my company, Influicity. We got paid everything, thank goodness, because in 2021, Sequential goes bust, 
and they file for bankruptcy and it threatens to take down Jessica's whole empire. This billion dollar brand that she's built up is gonna go down if the company that owns it goes bankrupt and it gets tied up in a liquidation. And she is not going to let that happen. Now, a quick rewind here. A couple of years prior to 2021, when Sequential filed for bankruptcy, Jessica was already in discussions with then CEO of Sequential Brands. His name is Yehuda Schmidman. And Yehuda was actually let go at Sequential. So when he was let go and that brand was basically in a free fall, she was already in negotiations to buy it out, thank goodness, because by the time the bankruptcy came in 2021, she was already in a position to buy it out. So here's what happens next. Jessica scrounges up every dollar she can because she's got to buy out the majority of this brand. She mortgages her house. She sells off a whole bunch of assets. She borrows money from her mom. And after a grueling two-year negotiation, she acquires the 62.5% of the company owned by Sequential Brands. The price tag of that buyout was $65 million dollars. Okay, again, she mortgaged her house, sold a bunch of assets, borrowed money from her mom. And I would guess, I don't have any inside information on this, but I would guess that she probably had to borrow a bunch of other money to make it to that $65 million. Mortgaging your house, selling your assets, and borrowing money. Maybe she scrounged up 30 or 40 million and had to borrow the rest on a line of credit. So 65 million, this is real cash money here for someone like Jessica Simpson. It's a lot of money. But now... She is in full control of her empire, her name, and her future. Jessica Simpson is a badass, in my opinion. Because remember, while this whole story was going on, she was also dealing with divorce, weight loss issues, and alcohol abuse, very publicly, managing it all under a glaring spotlight. And she still found time to nurture a billion-dollar brand. You see, people confuse entrepreneurship with raising a bunch of venture capital and speaking at tech conferences. And you know what? That is not entrepreneurship. That is hustle porn. That's fake entrepreneurship. That's wannabe entrepreneurship. Jessica leveraged a lukewarm singing career that was already fading to become a fashion mogul. And when times got tough, she forked over her own cash to save the company. At 43 years old, she's still just warming up. The future looks bright for Jessica. Not bad for a 90s pop star. Quick break so I can tell you about DemandScope. DemandScope is a performance marketing agency that helps you acquire new customers, keep them hooked, and scale profitably. Google ads, Instagram ads, TikTok ads, landing pages, email, and more. There are so many ways to get customers today, but if you're not doing it right, you'll end up blowing a whole bunch of money. And that's why I launched DemandScope. We're here to make sure you're doing it right. Get more customers today and scale effectively. Learn more at demandscope.co. That's demandscope.co. Now, I posted this story online a few weeks ago, and I got so, so much response. On LinkedIn, this story was read by over 220,000 people, thousands of people engaged with it. And I got to tell you, the comments were mixed. So a lot of people obviously supporting Jessica and rooting for her and celebrating her success, just like me. And a lot of people basically saying that she's entitled, she's privileged. You know, of course, she could do this because she's Jessica Simpson. 
I gotta tell you, that is such naivete, ignorance, and just dumb thinking. And I'll tell you why right now. With total respect, you have to understand something. A billion dollar brand that you own that is basically a licensing company. So the way Jessica Simpson collection would have been structured and is still structured today is it owns the license to Jessica Simpson. They don't actually make the purses, the shoes, the shirts, the hats, the jeans. They're not actually manufacturing all this stuff. They're partnering with other companies and they're doing the marketing and the branding and the other companies are doing the work, the manufacturing, the retail, the merchandising. And Jessica Simpson is probably taking her company, it's probably taking like 15 or 20% royalty. So the billion dollar brand, a brand that does a billion in sales, top line, the licensee would get, in that case, maybe $200 million that year. And that was the peak year. I don't know if Jessica Simpson collection is doing a billion dollars in sales now every year. And then out of that money, you have a lot of expenses to pay for. You have a staff, you have overhead. And then after all that, you get your, let's say your net margin is like 20%. So on 200 million in your revenue, maybe you you get 40 million at the bottom line. And of course you wanna reinvest some of that. So you can see here that the billion dollar top line number, that doesn't go into the owner's pockets. The reason I say all this is because people were thinking, oh, but she's a billionaire. Guys, she's not a billionaire. When you have a billion dollar revenue private company, you own a little slice of a little slice of a little slice. You're the licensee. I would say in the peak year when there, when there was a billion dollars in sales, Jessica probably took home like 10 or 15 million bucks. Yes, a lot of money, but when you are making that kind of money and you have a family to support and you have a lifestyle and you've worked for 20, 25 years busting your butt to earn this, you have that money and you have investments and you have a house and you have a family and you take vacations and this kind of stuff. So it's not like you have $65 million lying around. The other thing I wanna say is that relative to her net worth, I would imagine $65 million is a hell of a lot of money. Let's say she's worth 30 million bucks or 40 million bucks. And now she's gotta come up with $65 million. That's relative to somebody who has, let's say, let's say you have a net worth of $500,000. And I said, hey, you got to come up with a million or 800,000. That's what it feels like. So the idea that somebody is privileged because they have money and therefore this doesn't affect them, that in my opinion is actually a very privileged statement to make. You are the one, if you're saying that, who is coming from a place of privilege because you're thinking that money just grows on trees and people don't have to work for it. So that's my take on that piece. I think people who who look at folks who have big top line number companies and assume that all that money is just lining their pockets. Guys, they're paying employees, they're paying taxes. They are putting money back into the economy so that the economy runs. The other big point I wanted to cover is that it probably wasn't that easy for Jessica Simpson to build this fashion company. Yes, she had a head start because she was a celebrity, but I wouldn't say she was exactly the biggest star in the world. I mean, she was a third rate, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but it's true. She was a third rate singer, not talent wise, she's a very talented singer, but in terms of her career as a recording artist, she was not the superstar that you might think she was in retrospect. She was someone who you knew her name and she had one or two pop hits and that was it. Building a billion dollar company is still very, very hard. And the other thing is that these days with the power of social media, I could give you guys a lot of names. Look at uh, the YouTube channel, More Plates, More Dates. The guy behind that channel has built a $100 million supplement company. 
look at Logan Paul with Prime. Go to Car Dealership Guy on Twitter. The guy behind that account has a company making millions of dollars doing a car concierge service. Look at Emma Chamberlain with Chamberlain Coffee. Look at Nelk Boys with Happy Dad. There are a lot of examples of people that have built communities and then from there built companies. And Jessica is one of many. So the idea that this is a one in a million shot, she somehow won a lottery ticket. She put in a lot of work and yes, she had very good fortune, but don't confuse a lot of work with good fortune. A lot of people can do this. It takes a lot of work. And I have firsthand experience with this because my company, Influicity, builds communities for brands that drive millions and millions in revenue. So I know how this industry works. Believe me, it's not easy. Now, I want to finish off with a quick personal anecdote why this story resonates with me so much. I went through almost the exact same thing with my business. Years ago, the price tag wasn't $65 million, but I had a bunch of investors who owned a big chunk of my company, and I actually had to fork over a big chunk of my net worth to buy them out because they wanted to go in a different direction. I didn't want to go in that direction, and I wanted to own my business. I wanted to own my name. I wanted to have my own direction. And so I sold my condo. I definitely took out a line of credit and I put in a lot of money. At the time, it was, I don't know, five or $600,000, which is a lot more money than I had lying around. I put that money in and thankfully, in the time since then, I have been paid back most of that money. I've probably been paid back all the money by now. I don't keep track. And the company's thriving. It took years and years and guess what? It could have gone bust. It could have gone very, very badly, but fortunately, I was able to salvage what I had and I put my money on the line. So when entrepreneurs come out and they don't raise tons of venture capital, they don't try to risk and lose other people's money, but they're playing with their own money. They're playing with house money. They're playing with their own house, literally. Jessica mortgaged her, her house to do this, and that's not something you do lightly. So I don't take anything away. Yes, she had a head start, that's awesome. But she built her community. She was able to leverage that community to build a billion dollar brand. And when things went sideways, she was the one who put her cash on the line and made it what it was. And that's why she owns her future. That's what I think. I wanna know what you guys think. You can get me at johndavids.com. While you're there, get on my newsletter, follow me across social, and I will talk to you guys next time.